Hi, welcome to Behind the Music Podcast. I'm Bridget Devin and your host. Um, today, we're excited to welcome Tyler Manning with Boredom Fighters. Tyler is an accomplished music producer and festival producer and is co-founder at Boredom Fighters. And they help empower underserved youth to express themselves and find purpose in their communities through music and event production. They do this through events and community building, camps, workshops, and installations. And we're really excited to have Tyler on to talk all things music, business, and building. And so welcome, Tyler. Thank you so much for uh, joining me. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, I wanted to first read the mission statement from your website. Um, and so I can, so everyone can um, hear this, but the mission is at Boredom Fighters, we believe that having access to music making tools and knowing how to throw events with your community can bring purpose and light into the lives of today's disadvantaged youth, thus fighting boredom, getting them off the streets and in the studio. And so that that really resonated with me. I thought that was just really beautiful and like very heart driven. And so I thought with that, um, could you share with us a little bit about yourself and how you came to co-founding Boredom Fighters? Yeah, totally. Yeah, thanks. It's it, it's nice to hear it back. We spent a lot of time on trying to word that properly and because we do so many things and work on so many projects and it's nice to hear and thank you yeah. for recognizing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, it started with just being from a town that was boring and there was nothing going on. You know, a lot of my friends got into trouble and I just saw people go down paths that were dangerous, paths that, you know, it was clearly uh, unengaged folks finding things that, you know, drugs and violence and just problems that popped up in a community where there wasn't a lot captivating people. And Thankfully, I found music and I started making music and throwing music events with my friends and it got me out of bed in the morning. There was yeah. times where, certainly times where I would wake up and I worked in a factory. Everybody where I'm from worked in a factory and there was definitely days where I woke up not excited to go do what I had to do and didn't feel like very excited to be alive in that time because I wasn't happy with what I was spending my energy on and I noticed a lot of my friends getting stuck in that and so thankfully I found music and music events I moved to Colorado to learn a lot more about the event space this is Indiana I was growing yeah. up yeah. and seeing all this and moved to Colorado to kind of tap into the event space and learn about how that worked and just work with other people who are already doing that after a trip out there and finding out what was going on there. And it took me in a lot of places and it gave me a lot of purpose, got me really excited to be alive and working on things. And I've been happy most of the time since I've been able to work on projects related to throwing events and bringing that space together. So we started Boredom Fest and Boredom Fest was for my hometown. I, we went back to Indiana with the friends I made in Colorado to throw a Boredom Fest and it was an oxymoron, you know, it was a yeah. It was everything but boring. But the point was to celebrate that this is a boring space and we're here to do not boring things. And Boredom Fest led to a lot of more, a lot more work, a lot more festival work, a lot more community building. And all of us who were working on the festival and working in the music industry started just popping up different entities within that space. We started a record label, we started a management company and just different entities that record label is now Morflow Records and Mind Mort Management is what stemmed out of that and very successful work going on over there and all these people we all just 
were bored and wanted something to do. And we saw that now we make our life out of that work. And mm -hmm. that leads to us seeing the possibility of doing that for kids that might not see that. And we try to now intercept kids who might be struggling or unengaged or just not motivated to go to school or yeah. find the purpose because they don't know what it is that they want to do. And so we try to make them aware of these possibilities of things yeah. that the things that we learned how to do. And that's what Board and Fighters is all about. Just finding something to do in a place where there's nothing to do and creating something to do by just hitting everybody up and saying, hey, let's get together in this field and play music together. And now oh God, it's creating jobs. Yeah. So that's kind of where that stemmed from. And now the goal is just to keep finding people who don't have anything to do and show them that there are things that they can do out of nothing. I love that. I love how clear and accessible like your vision is too, because I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling of like, you know, for me, I always knew I wanted to do something relating to music and, you know, kind of finding like my space uh, doing that. Um, but sometimes it's like, well, how, how do you do that? Like what, what role is there for me in that music space? And um, with my podcast, one of my <clears throat> thoughts is I want to show people that there's a lot of different ways to work within the music industry. And I'm really excited what you're sharing because you're talking about like really community serving, community driven missions that also uh, evolved into like careers, you know, with your um, production and your record and your management. So to me, that could like open up someone's eyes like, whoa, like maybe I could do that, you know? So with um, having boredom fighters and like the different um you know avenues you're pursuing can you speak about like maybe some challenges or obstacles you faced like growing these things or establish them or finding your space um with them yeah definitely i think a big issue is the barrier of entry to get into schools that don't understand music production and out-of-date music curriculums i think yeah. that that's where and for the for the listeners, like Boredom Fighters is very centered around music production specifically, um, yeah. the modern music making techniques, because there are traditional music making programs going on. They might be underfunded across the board for the most part, but a lot of music teachers have a base level understanding on how to play the recorder and teach the recorder to people and play guitars and instruments. But the music that kids are listening to often nowadays is it's well, first of all all of it's made in the studio in some capacity but a lot of it is beat driven hip-hop beats electronic musics instruments that you don't normally see or know what it might look like you're hearing these noises and you're like what is that sound and most music is based on that so now we can make the recorder sound all sorts of crazy and a lot more yeah. engaging by putting it into a music production software and sampling it and making beats yeah. with it and so um, very centered around that and that gives us issues with trying to introduce that to schools that might not be ready for that music teachers yeah. they're busy and they're yeah they have a curriculum they have to withhold and a lot of the funding that does exist for music programming is classical music based orchestra based it's yeah not focused around music production and if the kids don't resonate with that especially the kids that are getting in trouble and the kids that aren't engaged in school like nine times out of 10, those kids are listening to hip hop and they're yep. not learning how to make hip hop in yeah. school. Yeah. So yeah, that's the, the biggest issue that we're running into is music teachers not feeling like they have time for us or understanding it. So we yeah. have to infiltrate the schools and 
different ways. We got to find teachers that let us come directly into their classroom and we just set up a studio in the classroom or work with after school programs or yeah. different kind of programs. And I think that we're making progress here. And that's the whole modernizing music education mantra that we kind of live by here is that we're every day just trying to wake up the communities that might be a little bit more stuck in their ways and just make them aware that we we have the tools to set kids up and they don't have to have a computer. They yeah. don't have to have these fancy synthesizers and beat pads. Like they can do all of this stuff on a phone. And yeah. most kids have access to a phone somewhere. And if the kids yeah. don't have access to a phone, then we teach them how to beatbox and share layers with each other. But in most capacities, people can make beats anywhere they're at. And so yeah. definitely the biggest challenge. And of course, being a nonprofit, just getting support and keeping people, keeping the bills paid is obviously just an uphill battle all the time yeah. with the nonprofit and keeping that consistency going. But the chapter model is really helping us out and getting us the ability to scale pretty fast lately. Can you speak a little more to what the chapter model is like as a nonprofit and how that, that kind of helps? Yeah, we're, we're kind of modeling off of like uh, activist groups and the way that they set up networks of resources. Cause it's really just, we build out the resources and the infrastructure for people to teach a specific style of class and outreach methods. And we all communicate together on how to reach out and the progress we're making in the outreach. But when it started, it was myself teaching most of the workshops and a small handful of people supporting. And with that, I can only do so much in one place. And yeah. For four years, I was the only one hosting the workshop with a few different producers that would help. And then we moved into a camp model. We started training more producers and teaching more people the way we were doing this because we had a whole week in the mountains to teach them. And they all wanted to do more workshops, but they needed support to do the workshops if I wasn't there. So we built out the chapter model to build teams around different workshop hosts that wanted to host the workshops that are going to hyper localize the effort in the city that they're in, in like a 30, 40 mile radius. So then they can build a team right there in their city. They can work with businesses right there in their city to get support schools in their city, organizations in their city and build that team. And ideally we get these teams built up all over different places in the United States and the world. And when rural communities and places that are harder to reach that have less access, less resources, less activity, when those communities reach out or we can we find those communities that need our help we have teams already set up in these locations that we can send out someone can shine a boredom fighters signal into the sky and we can send a van full of producers over there to make beats with them and that's yeah. that's kind of the goal we're shooting for is to have teams just on the ready all yeah. over that can be sent out to these places and it's really helping us with scaling i mean in 2021 we had 200 total kids in our workshops and then we launched the chapter model with our first one starting in Fort Collins and our first salaried employee that was running the chapter yeah. and uh, that last year we had 1200 kids in our workshops wow. and I was actually only in one of those workshops and wow. all the other all the rest of that activation was just people running chapters supporting that Fort Collins chapter the Denver area Longmont yeah. and that different areas on the front range and in Baltimore. So we now I, I've kind of shifted instead of being the one doing the workshop all the time, I'm just spending all my time teaching other people how to do it and bringing more people into the fold and just coordinating those logistics for them and building them up. So then 
it's less vulnerable of a system. You know, you think about the hierarchy of most businesses, they're all shaped like a tree. They all have this person at the top that makes all the decisions and then everything trickles down. And if, if that person gets taken out, the whole organization falls and it's not sustainable or very scalable. But we're looking at it more on like a web-based model where you have yeah. multiple nodes that are spread out and there's not, if one person is taken out for some reason, there's still resources are sh- shared throughout the network and everyone has a, a equal sovereignty in making moves. They don't have oh. to rely on one person to tell them yes or no and they get it. Yeah. That's really cool. And so you're really um, setting chapter leaders up to have kind of some autonomy and some independence to do what's right within their community, within the boredom fighters, like, you know, mission. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's cool. Well, and I think people need that too, because if they're going to take on a strong leadership role, you know, like they're going to, you know, I, I, I think that's a, seems like an important thing for people there. It's not like, Oh, you only do this at this time. It's like, you can have your own ideas too, you know? So I can see how that could strengthen that web. Um, you know, um, that's so interesting um, and really exciting. And so um, one uh, final thing I was going to ask um, was, and you kind of were touching on it, but yeah, like, do you want to share a little more maybe about what you see happening with Boredom Fighters or any of your projects really for like the next year or into the future? It yeah, sounds ideally. like you're in a growth stage. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm just really focused on getting these chapter leaders paid and making mm-hmm. sure that their their salary is covered for the year because a lot most of the work all of the work really is interactions human to human interactions that's where the impact happens so if we can have the funding to pay these folks to run the interactions whether the organizations we're working with can pay us or not then they don't have to go work other jobs and spend all their the yeah. rest of their time doing stuff that they don't want to do. And they can just get paid to go make beats with kids in areas that can't afford it. So we're yeah. working on grants. We're working on different sponsorships and partnerships with folks to just support the mission and just get the revenue in place for the chapter leaders to be paid and then grow that to hopefully build teams that once we have the grants in place and they're recurring grants and we have these different pledges in place and different revenue streams set up for the business, turns out nonprofit does not mean no profit. And I was really missing that mark the whole year, the first five years, I've hardly paid myself anything the whole time and felt like I was just supposed to give all the money away, but yeah. it's really about paying the people and investing in the people. So this year I really hope to see those revenue models start to lock in with merchandising and paid workshop opportunities. And, you know, we bring our workshop to businesses and make beats with the teams of businesses and they get to have a song at the end of the day that we like sample the staplers in their office and whatever is like unique in their space to make a beat with them and they will pay us and they can sponsor that local chapter, just like a local business will sponsor a baseball team or something of the sort, you know? law offices, car lots, insurance companies, those kind of companies sponsor local initiatives like that. And if we can get some pledges, get the revenue in place, these chapter leaders will have what they need to be sustained and do the work. And that model, the more it gets built out, we have people every day hitting us up in places that want to do this work. And right now it's like, okay, I really want to set you up. 
uh, I got to make sure these guys get paid first. So, so yeah. I'm like focusing on that. And yeah. ideally mid year, we have all these leaders ready and they're, they're set for the year and everything's taken care of with them. And the model is really clean. So anybody that wants to take initiative can just plug and play. I and mean, we can say, yeah. here's all our resources. Here's our trainings. Here's everything that you need to know about reaching out. And here's, you know, some help. We meet with the chapter leaders every week to talk about what everybody's, what's working, what's not. And ideally we can scale that by the end of the year, maybe have 10 chapters that are just consistently flowing and self-sustaining and reaching out for funding and revenue and supporting each other and making beats. That's so cool. Um, all right, Tyler, this has been such an awesome interview. I'd love to um, open the space for you to share how anyone could get in touch or um, connect in any way or any plugs that you would want to add here. Uh, the space is yours. Oh, yeah, thanks. I mean, Board and Fighters is a place to start. Uh, Board and Fighters Foundation on Instagram. Help Kids Make Beats is our hashtag. The Instrument Garden is a good place to find us. Uh, that's the name of our workshop and the installation that we offer. Um, my project is called Garden Boy. That's my music project. And anyone can check that out if they want to check out the music that I make. And um, Morflow Records is the label that supports us and that kind of stemmed from all of our effort. We're doing a Red Rock show this year. First one is with Mercid, who is now the head of the label. Um, so if you're in Colorado, check out that show, April 4th. And just check us out, support us, share our things. And if you know anybody that wants a workshop, wants to make some music, wants to build up their community through a very low entry level workshop, there's no experience necessary in our workshops. You don't have to know one thing about making music to have a fun time in the studio is to reach out. That is awesome. All right. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a wonderful chat and uh, uh, looking forward to all the things Boredom Fighters will be doing uh, in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bridget. I appreciate you.